The vengeful spirit had changed. Horus had changed. But the tedious intricacies of running a war fleet had not. Warfare was warfare, whether conducted at the behest of the Council of Terror or the urging of howling gods. It always came down to the numbers. The fifty-eighth petitioner to the warmaster that day was a short logistician, principally composed of fat and fear. He blinked and mumbled his way through his request, eyes sliding every second, if not more often, to the pair of Justerian terminators flanking the basalt throne at the heart of Lupercal's court. No one sat upon the throne. It was the throne of the Primarch, and none but he might occupy it. Horus was absent. The warmaster had no time for petty concerns. Malaghurst, the equerry of the warmaster, sat in judgment in his stead on a stool by the throne's dais. Were it not for his own great personal presence, he might have looked ridiculous. The throne was sized for a demigod, the dais tall, the court that surrounded it dizzyingly high and ornate. Battle honours stirred in ventilation draughts, stars glared mercilessly from the void through armour-glass ports. Blue shadows jealously guarded the statues and weapons set into the walls. Horus was not there, but his presence steeped the court. Malaghurst was insignificant in comparison. Worse, he was far from the most perfect of Horus's sons. His back was perpetually slanted, a cane forever close to hand. He was a fallen angel whose imperfections were made all the more glaring in his master's shadow. His back was broken, but his intellect was not, twisted in mind as well as body. Malaghurst's name had become a byword for fear. The fat man's lips stumbled to a stop. In three days' time we are due to engage in the assault on Lamris, said Malachurst, and you choose now to bring this trivial matter to my attention. His voice growled threateningly from behind his respirator. He wore his armour and his mouthpiece constantly, more or less. His battle plate had become a crutch. Still the logistician blanched. I am sorry, my lord, but the, uh, the correct scheduling of fuel distribution prior to the attack is of great importance. It must be performed before we approach the mid-system line. I cannot fulfil my role if... Malaghurst cut him off by wrapping his cane hard against the marble floor. The crack echoed and multiplied from the walls. All of us are burdened. Do you choose to consider your burden to be greater than that of the war master? No, my lord. This is Lupercal's court, Malachus pointed to a wide arch. Through there the war master has his state rooms. I am the war master's equerry. Here you are but one step from the ear of our lord Horus himself. You should be mindful of what you choose to speak into it. Uh, my lord, forgive me. I will make greater efforts. I require only a little aid. The fat man gulped. His attention had latched itself fully upon the Jesterin. Malachus grasped the skull atop his cane. Do not look to them. I could kill you myself without difficulty. He pushed his weight down upon the slender stick of ebony and heaved himself to his feet and limped from his seat to the logistician. 
The fat man threw himself down on his hands and knees, but Malakhurst bent low. Grabbing a loose handful of hair and augmetic interface tendrils, he hauled the adept into the air, transhuman muscles bearing the weight easily, although his bones protested at the load. The logistician gaped, his mouth opening and closing moistly, as he desperately tried not to scream. Tears welled from screwed tight eyes to bead his cheeks. Malachurst stared him full in the face. What would the warmaster do, should he find himself in such a situation? The man smelled sour. Rank sweat and desperation mingled unwholesomely. Malachurst suspected he would not answer for fear that the wrong response would end his life. He was correct in that assumption. But the logistician was more clever than he seemed. The warmaster in any situation would find a way of achieving his desired result, he gasped. Malachurst admired the man's calmness in the face of death. That, more than his answer, saved his life. Yes. Whether that be toppling the lying emperor or delivering the right amount of supplies to four insignificant cruiser squadrons, he released the man. Get out! Do your duty without complaint. If I see you here again, I will tear your heart from your chest. Malachurst turned and went back to the stool by the throne. Sparks of pain tickled his fused spine and pelvis. He gritted his teeth as he retook his seat. Pain had been one of two constants in Malaghurst's life for some time. The other was responsibility. An unwelcome third had recently made itself known to him. Vulnerability.